0: Welcome to Kiss Dog Training Discussions on Guidance. Today, Mike's talking about resource guarding and introducing a new dog to your pack. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Kiss Dog Training. It's Mike again, and today we're going to talk about two topics that kind of wrap together, and it's going to be resource guarding, and it is going to be introducing dogs. So in my mind's eye, this is a family who's bringing in a second dog. This is somebody who's gotten into the foster world with a rescue, and you're bringing in puppies or other dogs into your pack on a regular basis. Um, First of all, Let's get one thing straight. Resource guarding is a normal dog behavior, okay? It means um, that is mine and I don't want to give it up. Or that is, you know, yours and I want to take it away from you. Um, Whether it be toys, food, people, resource guarding can be all sorts of things. Um, If your dogs are just simply arguing over a toy and one gets the toy and walks away and all is good in the world, that's a normal argument, okay? I wouldn't be getting involved Other than maybe the fact that when they're getting too noisy, I might be able to use a redirection cue like a leave it and get them to break away from the toy, put the toy away for a little bit and move on. Um, But one of the things that lots of people tell me in the dog training business um, is they'll call me and say, well, my dogs have always eaten side-by-side side out of the same bowl and there's never been a problem. And to that, I would say that's the exception, not the rule. So why don't we just set the routines to be successful from day one and let's just feed dogs in different spots. Now, y'all know I like crate training. I like my dogs to know they have their own safe spot, their own spot where I want them to go. Uh, for me, it's simple. I fill up all the food bowls and I go, okay, come on girls, let's go get in your crates. And everybody runs to their individual crate. And and I feed them in the crate. I give them enough time to finish. I bring them out one at a time, put the food bowls away to where they're not on the ground. They don't become something to resource guard around. Um, but let's let's not tempt the gods and try to feed the dogs out of the same bowl or out of the same spot or right next to each other. Even to the extent, I wouldn't even tell you to probably feed the dogs in the same room. Um it's just easier that way. Um, so in a lot of cases, what I find is people call me wanting to work on specific resource guarding behaviors. And what I'm going to probably recommend is let's set the routine to be successful versus setting the routine to be, um, setting up a bad, a bad choice by the dog. Um, the entire idea is to reward the behaviors you want and to redirect and reward an alternative behavior for the stuff that we don't want. So if I've got two dogs who are snarling over food bowls, it's really simple. I'm going to feed you in the kitchen. I'm going to feed you in the living room, and I'm going to pay attention through the feeding process, and all's good in the world. If you can't... Afford the time to manage the process. That's where crates come in. I can put you in your crate with your food bowl. I can put you in your crate with your food bowl. And now we've managed away a problem. And if there's no reinforcement or practicing of the bad behavior, it's going to the fancy word is extinguish or go away. Um, so with resource guarding, a lot of times I find management's going to be the most important thing. But to turn around and say I don't ever want my dogs to resource guard their food or their toys or other things. Well, no offense. This is where welcome to the multi dog household. Okay. If you don't want to have to deal with problems like this, I would recommend maybe one dog in the family. Um, I joke with my clients all the time one dog is a lot of work, two dogs is three times as much work, three dogs is nine times as much work, four is 81 times my, the amount of work. So the complication, the interpersonal relationships of dogs and everything else and the people in the house become more and more complicated with each. we add to the equation so um, with resource guarding it's um, it's a case where we want to manage it now let's talk about another little thing in dog training which is the difference between isolation and separation um, in training if we isolate dogs away from each other too much the problem gets worse if i have a dog that doesn't like men and i avoid men at all costs the problem with men is going to get worse separation on the other hand is being able to maybe experience the trigger but experience it at a distance and a threshold that is below bad behavior so uh, if i've got two dogs who are arguing over food um, i'm probably going to want their crates close enough to where they can see each other but on opposite sides of the room and you eat and you eat and i pull up the food bowls and i let you out one at a time i'm managing the situation for success uh, but I don't want to constantly say, okay, you have to be behind I don't know, a door in the back bedroom and you are over here in the laundry room and you're never allowed to see each other because that's probably going to make the problem worse. If anything, this podcast, this video that you're watching, what I really want you to get the idea of is that resource guarding is a normal dog behavior until it becomes abnormal. And that's when it goes over the threshold. So it's probably still something you're going to want to talk to a dog trainer about. Um, Call them, have them come out to the house, have them see your particular logistic setup inside the house where are the crates do we have crates do we need crates are there baby gates you know how are we you know accomplishing all this and that's where a good positive reinforcement dog trainer can probably help you with setting things up for success versus setting things up for uh, mistakes or problem behaviors you want to get rid of now this all kind of dovetails us into the second topic which is how do you introduce a new dog to your pack, or to your particular dog at home. And unfortunately, there's just way too much. Let's just throw two dogs in a room and hope it goes well. And that's just kind of silly.
0: If you love the topics you've been listening to, remember, Mike has written tons of books on dog training and all are available on Amazon.com. Just search the name Mike Death, D E A T H E. They are available in audiobooks, ebooks, and in print. <music> Keep It Simple Stupid Dog Training, KISS Dog Training for short, has been helping owners understand their dogs since 2010. We specialize in complex cases such as reactivity, aggression, anxiety, and fear. We offer in home sessions in and around the Kansas City Metro and virtual consulting for those outside that area. We are the dog trainers that focus on training owners, not dogs, emphasizing rewarding what you want and redirecting destructive behaviors into good ones. You can call us at 913. 913- two six nine seven five nine five or email at info at kissdogtraining for more information and help. Mike's coming back now and he's gonna talk about introducing a new dog
1: to your pack. Here's Mike. Let's take the rescue Scenario first. You know, we want to make sure that our dog at home goes and meets the new dog, okay? But remember, you're probably meeting on more neutral territory at that part. You know, you're going to go to a spot where there's going to be an adoption event and you're going to have both dogs on leash and you might be walking them around and see how they're getting along. This is not a normal situation. So while it's good to see that the dogs like each other and don't immediately have issues, It's not a guarantee that once you get home, the same thing's going to happen, okay? Um, Number two, I don't want you to immediately take another dog and throw your dog and that dog, the new dog, in a backyard and just hope for the best. Um, I always joke that if you have to put the word hope at the front of the sentence, you're probably doing it wrong, okay? So, we got to set this up and we got to have a plan and what do we do? Here's my biggest suggestion. I want you to take the dogs for a walk first, okay? I want one person on one side of the street, another person on the other side of the street, and you're kind of yelling back and forth at each other and just talking. You're not letting the dogs meet, but you're letting the dogs be around each other. They're experiencing the sights, the sounds, the smells of that other dog, but at a distance where we can do it under threshold and everything's good. After we've gone for, let's say, a 30-minute walk, And both dogs are calm and periodically we're stopping, asking for sits, using rewards far enough distance away where there's no resource guarding over the food. And we're getting them to where they feel comfortable with their handler and the dog at a distance. Now we stand a better chance to walk into a backyard together instead of just immediately doing it. We've got this 30 minutes of kind of decompression, desensitization, whatever fancy word you want to use. So if we were to do that, now we'd have a better sense of how the dogs are going to interact in the backyard. And this is also where backyard introductions are always better off-leash. Now, if you're nervous about that, we can always do drag leashing where we can leave the dog's leashes attached. And if there is an issue, each person can pick up the leash and pull the dogs apart if you were going to have to and not have to get your hands around the bitey end um, of the um animal the dog um you can you're always going to have dogs be more comfortable when they don't feel restricted and you're pulling back on the leash i always kind of describe it as with some dogs the more you pull back on the leash you're just kind of loading the weapon for it to go forward so them feeling like they can move on their own and move away from the other dog um, is always going to be better now so we've taken the dogs for walks we've done some backyard work off leash but monitored and controlled we've decided we want to bring this dog into our pack we still don't just throw the dogs together okay when i bring a new dog into the house i've got my house set up to where my office has got um, extendable baby gates you know at this door at the door behind me to where i can keep them in my office i can have them just in my kitchen I can have them just in my living room and they can't go back to the back bedrooms. Um, But very quickly I can go, okay, you're allowed to be in the living room. Now we'll open up the kitchen and I can kind of zone train to where they're kind of getting little pieces of my house at a time. I will keep dogs separated, but not isolated for at least a day or two. Okay. And I will introduce, So I've got two dogs and I always bring in like a foster puppy. And it will be, okay, just let everybody decompress for a day. You guys can sniff through the baby gate. You can kind of say hello, but we're not going to do it. We did do the introduction outside. So I go outside with them, keep an eye on them, come back in. And eventually I'll say, okay, so a little bit. Now you get to experience the new puppy. Okay. You guys have gotten along. We've done it in the kitchen. We've done it in the living room. Loki is maybe in my office at this time watching the introductions. Um, then I'll put a little bit away and then it'll be Loki's turn to say, hello. You know, here's the deal. It can sometimes take me three, four, five days to where I'll have all three dogs in an area experiencing each other. And keep in mind, it's still not a permanent change. I'll let them all play for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And then I might put one in the crate. So like, if you look kind of behind me here, there's a crate there in my office. It may be that while the puppy and one dog are playing, I've got the third dog put away in the crate. Um, I've done this enough to where they're used to it, and the impulse control and frustration tolerance is gotten normal. Um, Again, this is where when you're introducing dogs, um, it's probably a good idea, again, to hire, pay a dog trainer for an hour of their time, maybe two sessions or two hours um, over a couple of weeks to come in, look at the logistics, how am I gonna introduce, go slow. I mean, you can't move slow enough. I mean, you can go too slow and it just takes forever, but if you go too fast, you take the chance of a a whoops or or an accident. So um, the big thing for me is obviously resource guarding and introducing dogs are kind of uh, something that, that go together, okay? Dogs can resource guard people. They can resource guard toys, treats, food, bowls. Um, One thing that I find that's pretty rare is resource-guarding water bowls, but I've even seen that. Um, And the the idea is just to go slow and set the routines and reward the behavior you like and redirect the behavior you don't like. Hopefully, you've picked up a couple of tips here. If you've got any questions, don't hesitate to email um, the office, info at kissdogtraining.com, or you can even give us a call at 913-269-7595. Um, We'll always, you know, be there to, you know, help with simple questions and setups, but um, a good positive reinforcement trainer can really help the introduction process. I guess the one thing I would also say as a final note is you've got the setup of um, when you're bringing a new dog into the house of three days, three weeks, three months. And it's a big popular thing in, in the rescue world. If it's going to take your dog three days just to decompress, you're not going to see what the dog's going to be like in the first three days. Um, In the first three weeks, the dog will start to become comfortable, but still be a little apprehensive. Chances are they bounced around from house to house um, and they don't know they're staying. So I'm not sure I feel comfortable to show you really who I am. It may be three months before you're actually seeing who this new dog truly is. They may need that three months of time to just feel comfortable showing you um, the comfort, their, their level of comfort with their behavior. Um, So a lot of people will be like, well, this didn't show up until like two months in. Well, it may have taken the dog that long to get used to. So, I mean, please just go slow. We want to keep things under threshold. We want to practice multiple times a day. I always talk about high frequency, short duration. So I'd rather have... 10 three minute sessions introducing dogs together and then throw them together for 30 minutes, let them get overstimulated, then they get frustrated, then they get angry, and then we have a dog fight. If you keep it short and build up, you know, three minutes ten times a day becomes five minutes ten times a day, which becomes ten minutes, ten times a day, build slow. So again, I, I think if you keep in mind the idea that resource guarding is normal, that introducing pups should be done in a slow managed routine kind of format where it's maybe a walk then to a backyard then to zone training in the house and then eventually letting everybody come out with the caveat of you know if i see it getting too crazy everybody's going to go into their crates and take a little bit of a you know break things like that um you're going to be fine and then also remember if you're bringing a new dog into your house it's that entire three days three weeks three months Um, to get the dog comfortable enough to maybe show all the the behaviors so again reach out to us all the information is on our facebook page on our website even here on the podcast or the youtube channel whichever you're uh, um, watching or listening to at this point so it's mike with kiss dog training and we will see you guys later